You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. I tell you what, God is God is good, y'all. I, I, I just can't. You, you just, man, when you look around at everything and, uh, and just to know that you're not tied to this world, but you're tied to the kingdom, makes totally difference. Makes all the difference. Because you can look at, it's like being in the eye of a storm. <laughs> we just happen to have one. The eye of the storm is the place where you're not feeling the effects of the storm. That's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like the eye of a storm. And so I just, uh, I, I tell you, I was, I was sitting there this morning and I told Wendy and Kobe Trent, I said, I said, man, I, I think this is probably one of the most relevant messages that the Lord has ever given me and uh, for today's moment and time. And the title of this message is Truth and Logic. And look in John chapter 18, and we're going to start verse 36. Jesus answers Pilate here, and he says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting that I might not be delivered up to the Jews. But as it is, but as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Pilate therefore said to him, So you're a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For that, for this I have been born. For this I have come into the world to bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is the truth? See, Pilate is struggling here with truth and logic. Pilate is, he is trying to figure this out And the thing is, we live in a time where sorting out the truth from all the lies is becoming quite the task. I'm I'm just telling you that, you know, Pilate is caught up in this spiritual conflict of what is reality of what's really happening. And truth is hard to find when you throw common sense and trade it for man's theories, for man's logic, man's political uh, well-being. Come on, let me say that again. Truth gets hard to find when you throw common sense out the window. And when you're trading it in for man's theories and man's political well-being. Because what we got going on right now is a lot of fighting for their political well-being. And so truth and logic starts to get hard to come by. And Pilate finds himself in this very same battle right now between man's logic, man's religious theories, and their political well-beings. 
And Pilate is having to look and see and make decisions that he's not wanting to make. See, we have to always understand that the devil will use an ounce of truth to shove a pound of lie down you. He'll always do that. Every time. In religion and politics, they only muddy up the water. And that's exactly what's going on here. Religion and politics muddy up the water. We've got half the folks looking out for their political well-being. We've got another half of folks using religion, muddying up the waters. It's end times. Oh, we're all done. And we're all, come on. And we, we forget that we still have to walk in truth. We still have to realize we still have to occupy. We still have to advance the kingdom. We still have to reach people. Listen, who's going who's gonna to be the one gathering the harvest if we all go run and hide? Come on. How are we supposed to do? Listen, your realm of influence on your job and at school, that's your realm of influence that you have to get into, inspire, influence, and make an impact. God never told you to back up and just let that go because it's end times. Come on. We still have a job to do. See, and too often we've ignored the fact that we're in an all-out war with the father of lies. We are in all-out war. And, and let me just say this, right, real quick, because I know a lot of these messages here lately have been real political, but here's the deal. You see Kobe Trent come through town sometimes. He'll have a trailer load of horses, right? But let me tell you something. He may not ride all them horses. He may ride the one that is going to be best fit for the job he's fixing to go do. You say, what does that have to do with politics? Because I'm telling you right now, the horse I'm riding is Republican. Now, they're going to screw up eventually. But I'm telling you right now, it is the horse, it is the right place, the right one to be on for what I need to do to advance the kingdom of God. Come on, hear me. Because I'm telling you right now, the other party has done spit the bit and is running off. There is no moral compass that they got. And there's nothing worse than being on a horse that holds a bit and runs and you can't do nothing with them. And that's where we're at. And I don't know any other way to put that. <laughs> and so the horse I'm riding right now is going to... is. Pro-life, come on, has brought jobs for every race to the most high level ever. Right? Come on. See, you start looking, if you can step back and look at the fruit, Come on. You start sorting through the lies. 
See, this is why Paul was always adamant about pointing out and taking every opportunity to say we capture every thought. We capture every thought and we do not war with flesh and blood. But we war with the prince and powers of the air and the prince and powers of the air have one party right now that is listening to nothing but him and he's riding them like a cheap rented mule. Come on. And we, as believers, need to figure this out. And not just go quietly in the night. Because throughout history, God has had to step in and bring correction, order, and truth to his people to, to, to get them off the sidelines. To get them back in the battle. Come on. God used radical men of faith to deliver his people out of Egypt. And here's what I want to tell you. Complacency, comfort, and going through the motions will get you into slavery. Comfort, complacency, and just going through the motions will get you into slavery and bondage and other, under a heavy taskmaster. And it takes some radical men to go in to a Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And then step back and let God do what he does. Come on. And then when you're disobedient, disobedience gets you into exile. Disobedient to God's word. Being unfaithful to his covenant that takes you into exile, which takes you into slavery. Come on. And then it takes a radical man saying, I'm going to pray whether you say I can't pray or not. Even being threatened with the lion's den, I'm still going to pray. It takes a radical man of faith. It takes radical men who say, I'm not going to bow down and worship what you're trying to put in front of me and threatening me with the fire, so be it. You do what you got to do. I'm fixing to go to the fire. Come on, it takes radical people standing up, saying the truth, and then stepping back and letting God be God. Come on. Are you willing to suffer the consequences of your radical faith? Come on, man. I, I'm just telling you. We're living in a day where you're going to do great exploits. God just needs somebody to step up and say, I'm not scared because I have a father and a friend. Come on. And I'm going to worship. Man, when Christina opened up this morning, I thought, we're going somewhere, boys. She's starting to preach my message. We're going somewhere. In the midst of all this noise, in the midst of all this confusion, truth is going to come out when people begin to worship. Oh, man. Come on. See, the move starts with knowing 
who God is. Seeing in his word that his word empowers us to live a life of victory and finding out who we are in him. And that there is, there is so much more to faith than just saying a prayer and sitting down waiting on Jesus to come. Come on. Way more. See, there's this thing called loving our neighbor. There's this thing called renewing our mind. Come on. See, there's this thing called that we're, we need to produce fruit for the kingdom. Come on. See, God's after a product. That's why he puts us through a process to build our faith so that when we get to the lion's den, we don't crumble. And we, we're, we're at the lion's den. We're at the fire right now. And let me tell you something. You're seeing who knows their God. Because that's what Daniel said. Those who know their God will do great exploits. And so a move is going to have to start with us knowing our God. Man. Look in John chapter 4. Verse 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, Logic, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, here comes the truth. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. Here comes her logic again. Said, You have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. Jesus answered, said to her, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. Still in her human logic. He said to her, Go call your husband and come here. Uh-oh. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. Now, let me just stop. There's a lot of wells here, a lot of wells here. And I'm telling you, Jesus did that, and I bet he was like, dang, I, they missed it. You've well said. Because see, the first well that she was talking about was a pit, an abyss, a prison, something that holds you. And it's amazing to me because the Holy Spirit said, you need to look them wells up. 
I started to title this message, What the Well? <laughs> it don't get no better, Steve. But this first well that she speaks of is a pit, an abyss. And that's where her life was. And then Jesus said, the well that my water comes from is a source. It is the supply. He wasn't talking about that same well. He was talking about a totally different well. The source and supply of truth that goes beyond all your human logic. And then he brings it right back to where she can understand. And he says, because listen, sometimes we have to break through some realities. Come on. Sometimes we have to break through that pit, that abyss that we've been caught in. See, her current reality was her life is a mess. Because she's having to come in the middle of the day to draw water just so she won't be uh, ridiculed by a bunch of people that are judging her character. Come on. Because she's made so many bad choices. Five to be exact. Come on. He says... You have well said, I have no husband, for you've had five. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. Uh, listen, he did not condemn her. Notice this. He did not condemn her. He's just saying, when he said, you have well said. In other words, you're not trying to lie to me. Different well. This well is honestly. Finally kind of broke through. Come on. Broke down that wall that you have built up with Jewish men. Come on. See, Jesus climbed the wall with her. He didn't come up there condemning her. He climbed the wall so he could get to the truth to show her that there is a source and a supply man, that is more fulfilling than five husbands. See, he didn't condemn her of all her mistakes. He loved her and welcomed her and said, let me tell you, let me tell you where to get a source that's going to spring up out of you that's going to inspire and influence and impact people because that woman went and made an impact. And she, she, this woman who made all these bad mistakes, she found out he was the Messiah first. He told her, I'm the one they're looking for. I'm the one they're looking for. He ain't even told his disciples yet. He said, I'm the one you're looking for. 
and I'm going to set all this straight. Come on, man. See, her human logic of, of a well that she speaks of was getting in her way. But the truth was he came to set her free. Come on. John 15, 4, 15. The woman said to him, oh, I'm already way past that. We can move right along. See, often people refuse to hear the truth and they build up that wall just like she built up the wall. And religion will do that. And he said, one day people are going to worship in spirit and truth because that's what my father's seeking. Not out of duty, not out of obligation. See, she wanted a quick fix to her problem. And we do, we want that. We all want a quick fix. And that's what she said. Oh, give me some of this. He's like, wait. We got to get to the heart of the matter here first. See, we all want the quick fix. See, see, truth points out our problem and then it's up to us how we respond. Come on. Truth will point out our problem and then we can ignore it or we can respond and say, Lord, I need the water that's going to spring up in me to life. I need the source and the supply to fix all my problems. Come on. See, if she can renew her mind to spiritually, grace can usher in restoration. See, if we can begin to renew our mind and allow his word, it'll usher in. Grace will usher in restoration and redemption. And that's what grace does. It, 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 it helps us to live out the demand that the Bible puts on our life. That's what grace does. Grace just doesn't cover us until Jesus comes and sucks us out of here. And we still live in our misery and our sin, still captive, still in bondage to pornography, to drugs, to... Come on, are y'all hearing me? See, grace allows us to get out of that bondage and to live a life that is now making an impact. It's advancing. It's inspiring. It's influencing. Come on. That's what he does. Man. See, truth isn't always an easy pill to swallow. <laughs> you know? It's not. But when it's spoken with the mind, from, from a mindset, and this is what you run into, because you're still going to have to speak truth. But you have to have the mindset that when I do speak truth, I'm going to do it gentle enough that they can receive it. Not just hammer them with it. And that's what the fire, hell, fire, and brimstone did. It was like watering your garden through a fire hose. It don't work. You uproot everything. Come on, do you hear me? And because I'm telling you right now, we have taken, religion has taken the truth of the gospel and uprooted people to where they just don't come back anymore. 
Come on, we've just pointed out all their sin and told them they're sorry sinners and we just uprooted them and they could never get planted and come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, and the thing about it is we have to always remember we were all just a bunch of sorry suckers. <laughs> right? I'm telling you right now, if everybody in here was ever comfortable enough to start telling all your junk and what got you here, yeah, <laughs> we'd all be here for a week. But I'm telling you, we all got a pile, come on, of bad choices and mistakes. Everybody, everybody, me, every preacher standing in the pulpit, every praise and worship leader, every, all of us got a pile of bad mistakes, bad choices. And we have to always remember and come from that position, come on, with grace and mercy Season your words with grace is what it says. Paul said, season your words with grace. Somebody in the New Testament said it. Y'all look it up. I seen it somewhere. You'll find it. That's how I did it. I had to find it. I don't know where all the addresses are to some of these things. But I quote them. Huh? And then there's sometimes I have to go back and when I do run across it, I go, dang, I've been saying that wrong. <laughs> right? I mean, Lord, I'm sorry. He says, yeah, if you'll quote it right, you may see fruit from it. <laughs> I don't know. Moving right along. <laughs> see, the devil will deceive our human logic to thinking this is as good as it gets. The devil will always deceive your human logic because I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many Christians I've run across living in bondage because they don't want to bother God and this is just as good as it's going to get for me. And they accept that and they hold out on that and they miss out on everything that God's trying to do in their life. And he's going, man, I got so much more for you if you can just see yourself through my eyes. I've got, look, I'm putting a robe on you. I'm putting a ring on you. I'm telling you you're royalty and you're listening to a devil that's telling you you're a turd. That you're not worth anything. That you never can get over, come on. And God's going, no, no, I created you. I have ordained your days. And if you will just stand up and believe what my word says about you, I'm going to show you something you ain't never seen. What eyes not seen, what ears not heard, what haven't even entered in the heart of man. See, I don't know where that address is, but look it up. And that is what it says. All that God has prepared for you. And that ain't just in the sweet by and by. 
right? Quit saying sweet by and by. Quit singing it. Quit. Quit. Think about the here and now. Right? <laughs> Those are all good songs. Don't send me emails. But we need to change our song to what am I going to do now? Right? How can I kick the devil's rear end now? How can I get him up out of my face now? Y'all, I love the Popeye's chicken sandwich commercial. When that lady goes, hold on, I'm experiencing some things. <laughs> Who doesn't love that commercial? I, hold on, I'm experiencing some things. I'm going to do that next time somebody asks me, sir, where's your mask? Hold on, I'm experiencing some things. <laughs> Come on. Right? So if you see me in the store, hold on. I'm experiencing his goodness and his healing power right now at this moment. Man, I can't wait. Jim, I can't. that's going to be my new. Oh, God. Jim will be the, he'll, he'll go do it somewhere right now. He's surprised he's still here. <laughs> Look in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 8. What did I say? My Lex Dixit kicked in about the time I... And Saul was in hearty agreement with putting Stephen, him, to death. And on that day, a great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem. See, you have to understand, look in verse 60, back up. And falling on his knees, cried out, wait, wait, wait. Verse 58, and when they had driven him, Stephen, out of the city, they began stoning him, and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Saul became Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, who became an advocate for the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God and the grace into the, uh, to the Gentiles. Listen, Paul was jacked up with religion, man's theories and logics, so much that he couldn't see the truth right before his very eyes. See, Pilate's got this same struggle. Look in, look in, now look in Acts chapter 9. Look what happens. Paul is on his way to Damascus. And Jesus shows up. And it says he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are thou, Lord? 
And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise, enter the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. Let me tell you something. Truth is a hard pill to swallow. And I'm telling you, there's things that we've had to swallow for hundreds of years now in mainstream denominations and then now politics and it's all starting to get real muddy. Come on. And so we're having to really sort through some things here. But here's the deal. When Jesus begins to reveal himself, a lot of things that we believed is truth is going to become a lie. Lots of things. And so you can't get locked in to, wait a minute, this is how it's always been. Because I'm telling you how it always been got Paul on the ground, blinded, come on. See, when human logic meets truth, everything becomes a lie. Both this woman and Saul found out that their present realities never superseded the truth of God's word. Man, y'all got to hear that. Our present realities that we have right now do not supersede the truth of God's word. Because no matter what you're seeing on the news, no matter what you're hearing coming out of politics, no matter all the stuff that's going on around you, it never supersedes truth of God's word. Who you are and what he's called you to do, that never changes. What God called you to do when all of this started, God doesn't say, oh, it's on hold because of a pandemic. Because of an election, come on, God doesn't put advancing the, his kingdom here on this earth on hold just because we're in tough times. So in other words, you still got something to do. And I'm telling you, just like Christina said, it, it, sometimes it gets overwhelming and, and, it, and, it, and it makes us want to step back but she did the absolute most awesome thing that you can do is to unplug and then plug in, unplug from the noise of the world and plug into worship, into the kingdom of God and renew your mind because if not, how did you say that? What, what we focus on? Our mind feasts on what we focus on. So if you're totally focused on all the noise of everything going on, it's going to rob you. It's going to enslave you. It's going to carry you off into bondage. Come on. But if you focus your mind on worshiping God and the Word and knowing Him, let me tell you something. You're going to feast on peace, love, come on. Man, come on, God's got something going on here. And now more than ever, you need an understanding of the Holy Spirit's ministry and work in your life. 
See, for too long, we've ignored the Holy Spirit. For too long, we, we haven't understood the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life. And matter of fact, you were just a flat-out radical if you went around talking about the Holy Ghost. Come on. And so it became almost a taboo word in religious circles to talk about the Holy Ghost. Because it meant, oh, they're going to run around the room. They're going to jump pews. They're going to, come on. Oh, man. See, we have to stop back up from our present realities and we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need to be led in this time that I live. I need you more than ever. And just step back from all the noise. Listen, John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. See, we've got some that say, oh, that, that work of the disciples and apostles, that all died with them. Come on. That never died. The Holy Spirit is with you forever. John 16, 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, come on, there it is, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. So we need the Holy Spirit now more than ever, right? We need him more than ever because he will guide us into the truth. He's going to lead us. See, that's how you go through the valley, through the valley of shadow. Hey, I do know where that one is. Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There it is. I shall fear no evil. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us through it. Because here's what we got going on. This is where we mess up every time. And this is, this is how you can see the evil influence behind what's going on right now. Because in Judges chapter 17, verse 6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. See, that's what we got going on right now. You look, they don't want law. They, they don't want law coming in. And it, listen, we've got cities burning. We've got, we've got politicians allowing anarchy, people who want to do what's right in their own sight, take over federal buildings. Come on, that ain't even logical. Yeah, that's what they, their human logic saying, hey, we don't want nobody to rule over us. We want to do whatever we want. Let me tell you something. They can't even rule themselves. They're in there killing each other. Don't make sense. At some point, you got to step back 
and you have to take a common sense look at what's going on. Will that really work if y'all have no laws? Trash everywhere. Come on. Tearing down our history. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. See, that's what it leads to. Man's way leads to death. When every man does what's right in his own eyes, it's going to lead to death. That's what it's going to produce. Come on, that is the fruit. That's the fruit of you having no moral conviction at all. That's the fruit. See, listen, what we're seeing is the fruit of everybody buying into the Professor Spock's don't whoop your kids, don't time out, let them choose. How does that make you feel? What do you, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We are seeing the fruit of that kind of thinking. Does it work? Don't work. Okay, I've had enough of that. Let's go back to trying the Bible way. Here's what worked. We have a constitution based on biblical principles where men fasted and prayed and then came back together and got biblical truth and made a constitution that has lasted 200 and something years now. There is no other constitution on the face of this planet or in world history that has ever lasted this long. And y'all want to tear it down? I don't think so. Come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? So we know what works, we just got to get back to it. See, in these anarchists, in these youngsters these days, they want that constitution being a living document that can change and evolve. Evolution doesn't even work in science. Here, let, let me explain evolution to you. If you've been wondering about evolution, let me fix this. Here is evolution in a nutshell. I like nutshells. I like common sense. Come on. Look, my, my, my Timex watch is so ragged, I can't hardly get it off. Here's evolution. I wish I had a sack. Oh, empty that sack. Let me have that sack. I'll come get it. Y'all are going to love this. Here's evolution. Time X goes in. A little big bang going on. Hoping for a Rolex. That's how much sense evolution... Yeah, still the same doggone Timex. That's your evolution in a nutshell. Putting a Timex in a bag and hoping it comes out a Rolex. That's 
that don't make sense. Let's try something else. Listen, the way of the world is fear. It has folks so scared to die right now that they're scared to live. See, that's what we got going on. That's not, that's not kingdom. That's not, the, that's not the God we serve. Where we just get so scared we can't even live. We get scared to be left behind. We're scared to do this. Scared to be human. Scared to mess up. That God's going to whack us on the head. We just fear, fear, fear. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Scared to step out and miss God. No, don't ever be scared to miss God. Be scared not to move. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 13, 2. From the fruit of man's mouth, he enjoys good. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. Now, let me just put this in perspective. Your thoughts become words. Your words become actions. Your actions become habits, and your habits become your character. So if your thoughts are always focused on every bad thing and fear going on around you, your words are going to come out, fear and doubt and worry and confusion. Come on. But if your mind is focused on and plugged in to worship the word, come on, then you are going to be satisfied and feast on the produce, produce of what's coming out of your mouth because your brain, come on. Man, come on, y'all got to get that. See, we have people saying a lot of stupid stuff right now. And it's getting a lot of people frustrated. And I hope that it's getting people sick and tired of listening to all that dumb stuff coming out of their mouth. James chapter 3. <laughs> I'm going to have to turn here to James. James chapter 3. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now if we put the bits into the horse's mouth, so that they may obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Behold the ships. In other words, look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So who's your pilot? Come on, I'm asking you right now, who's your pilot? So also the tongue 
is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. So we need to start working on what we're thinking about, what we're focused on, what we're feasting on, because I'm telling you, until we get our tongue lined out, and then he goes on to say, but let everyone be quick to eat, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Come on. See, Pilate's struggle was with the truth of Jesus' life. Because when you look in John 18, back in John 18, here was the struggle. Pilate is having this discussion with them. Pilate went out to them and said, what accusations do you bring against this man? Here's what they said that capsized Pilate. He said, they answered and said to him, if this man were not evil, if this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. Pilate steps back. And here's where truth and logic Because Pilate had been placed in this area to keep the peace. To make sure they didn't run off the rails. And so Pilate is going to have to keep a tabs on everything that's going on in his region, in his realm. Come on. And so he's hearing rumors of this man, Jesus. And the Roman soldiers are coming to him. Man, you you can't believe what just happened. Dead are being raised. Eyes are being opened. Man, this guy's gathering crowds around. And I mean, people are just being healed. And listen... Thousands of people were coming to him so much that he would sit all day long and just would minister and heal every kind of sickness, disease, leprosy. Let me tell you something. This does not go unnoticed. And the scribes and the Pharisees were losing control of their positions. Come on. Their positions. They were losing their titles. And now Pilate is fixing to lose his realm. If I can't take care of this, 
And then all of a sudden they show up and says, if this man wasn't an evildoer, we wouldn't have brought him here. And Pilate's like, crap. I ain't heard anything evil this man's ever done. This man has done nothing but good. This man is doing things that nobody else, that the Pharisees and scribes themselves aren't even doing. The people I've had problems with, the demon possessed, this man set them free. And Pilate, when he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He said, you have correctly spoken. And Pilate is like, oh, oh. But not of this realm. Pilate goes out. He doesn't want to have nothing to do with him. The politics in this and the religion in this is messy. Pilate says, what is the truth, man? To add on top of that, his wife comes in and says, hey, I had a dream. Don't mess with this guy. <laughs> now mama ain't happy. Mama ain't happy, no. Come on. We have to step back and we have to really listen to what's being said right now. We have to really listen to what's being said. Don't say anything. Don't take my word on all this. Just step back, listen to what's being said, step back, plug in some praise and worship and get in your word and he'll lead you and guide you in all the truth. Lord, allow me to see what's really going on here. Lord, I need to be led correctly. Come on. See, we need to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. Matthew chapter 7. Look. It's so it's so clear and it's so simple look verse 15 beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves you will know them by their what grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles are they that's just common sense step back What's the fruit of what's going on here? Because what's going to happen is, here's what wolves are. Wolves are takers. Wolves are takers. That's what they do. You don't know they're ravenous until they've taken. Come on. That's what they do. So you look at who the takers are right now. Who are just the takers? Who just want for their own selfish ambition and well-being? 
Come on. Who has words that says, oh, I'm a sheep, I'm a sheep, I'm a sheep, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but never has done nothing. Has been in there for years and years and seated and rooted in the top legislation law branches of our government, but haven't done a thing. So who are the takers? Come on. Who are the takers? So who are the wolves in sheep's clothing? Listen, there's good and bad on both sides. But at this point, I'm telling you the horse I'm riding is for life. Come on. good tree cannot produce bad fruit nor can a bad tree produce good fruit come on I, I don't know how to make this any more simple but I'm telling you we're in an all out war with the kingdom of darkness and it's time to send a clear message to the devil that we're going to keep America rooted, grounded, founded on biblical principles. Come on, y'all stand. Hey, I just want to encourage you guys. Um, so one thing David said is to listen to what's being said, but I also want you to listen to what's not being said. Because what's being said is, here's a conditional statement coming out of the media. Trump may not accept his defeat. That is a conditional statement to prepare people to rise up against that and to make us say, oh, well, that's just the way it is. But the, the, what's not being said is that we will rise up. Hey, I want Brittany and Nancy, and where's Jared Langham? I want them to come up here and stand because I want to just, you know, a few weeks ago we did that funeral. And the Holy Spirit told me when this guy came in, he was going to speak. Holy Spirit said, you need to pray for him. And I was like, "Woo, no, I ain't praying for him. And I could not sit there and let that go by. You see that knot on my head? That's how God deals with me. He's like, <laughs> I get it in there somehow. But um, I had to go up there and pray for that guy. I didn't know this guy from Adam, and it was a very uncomfortable situation, but I had to do it. You know, and that's what God is calling his people today is to get out of your comfort and start speaking those things that are not as though they are. Instead of sickness and death, life and health, you know. And I want to pray for uh, Jared and Brittany and Nancy. I, 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 as they, David talked about you uh, people, I'll ask Jared because I believe the word says you can have people stand in the gap. You're going to stand in the gap for your mom, okay? Uh, come right over here. So what's not being said is when you go in these grocery stores, be listening,
to those words being talked around you and start speaking those uh, words of life and, and Brittany, here's what I felt like the Lord said to me to tell you. You have words of knowledge that you've come in contact with people and God has caused you to be an influence. We've already got, we've already done the playbook. We've already know the routine. Now be the impact. Step up and start. When you get those words of knowledge for your patients, you need to start speaking those words of knowledge and words of inspiration and give them hope because what America is looking for is they're looking for hope. They're looking for the truth, not the logic. The logic's not working, but the truth of the Word of God. And I declare over you guys right now that you are a vessel. Derice, I declare over you, you are a vessel of the presence of the Most High God. And when you come into the room, that presence will change the very atmosphere that you are involved in. The logic will will be no more. The truth will come forth and set the people free. It will heal them instantly. I pray that the presence of the Lord will come upon you and give you words of knowledge, words of encouragement, words of hope, words of health, and that you will speak those things as though they're not, as though they are. And they will rise up. And there's a song I heard on the way to church that said, God, do what you're famous for. What he's famous for is life. What he's famous for is healing. What he's famous for is restoring the uh, marriages. What he's famous for is, is bringing people out of bondage. And I just pray that when you come into the room, the presence of the Lord will do what he's famous for. In the name of Jesus. Man, that's good. Woo! My, my, my. Man, Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you. And Lord, we just thank you that you are bringing forth your people and putting them in the game. And Coach, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand. My, my, my. Man. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.